What's up, friends? Welcome to the Challenging Conversation Show brought to you by the Edify Podcast Network. The purpose of this podcast is to empower you to stand strong in your faith as you seek to have challenging conversations with people of a different mindset than your own. Last episode, I talked about Russia and its role in biblical prophecy. So if you've missed that, check that out. Today, I want to answer two questions and it has to do with Israel. Now, these are simple, but again, these are profound questions because we're definitely living in a time today when you survey a lot of professing or self-identified Christians, particularly in the Western church, and you'll find that they don't know much about Israel. Yeah, they'll probably maybe pull Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob, or Jesus was a Jew. And those are certainly part of the equation here as to the value, significance, and importance of Israel. But there's so much more that has happened with Israel is currently taking place and will take place in the future that we as Christians need to know about. And we need to go into these challenging conversations more often because I'm telling you, my friends, what is so sad and unfortunate is that you're seeing a rise in neglecting, you know, naturally due to a form of ignorance, but also this, this, this expanding movement known as anti-Semitism that we have seen take place with the people of Israel, God's chosen people for over two millennia. And even before that, with with ancient enemies, we see uh, uh, in the Old Testament. And so we have to ask ourselves this first question, why is Israel important? Because there is no denying that Israel's played such a significant role throughout history and will in the future prophecy. And so that is a question that, I hope as we look into the text of scripture and we see the significance that it plays in current events today, that this will actually, you know, reshape your understanding of Israel, your appreciation, that you be prayerful as you are guided through the Holy Spirit to be praying for God's chosen people, that they would come to know him as his Lord and Savior, because many of them do not, but also you're praying for its protection, because if you look at a geographical map, and again, I point out the map that I showed you guys in the last previous podcast when we were talking about Russia and the Roman Empire as it's trying to de- you know, destroy surrounding nations so it can control Europe. And, and of course, their plan is to control the rest of the world. And the alliances that, that Russia is making with the Middle East, uh, with Syria and Turkey specifically, and what role I do believe that the European Union will play down the, ro- the road in all of this. And so when you look at the map, you see that Israel is surrounded and has been for, I mean, since they became a nation again in 1948, they have been surrounded by uh, nations who hate them. They hate the fact that they um, exist and they want to wipe them out. And I talked about some of the invasions that Russia helped lead in the past, in 1967, 1973, in the 80s, when during the Cold War, and even uh, some of their attempts post-Cold War. But it's important that we look at how the United States has played a role in protecting Israel. And so that leads me to my second question that we want to answer here on the podcast today is why should we care? Specifically, why should Christians care about Israel? Now, when you look at Israel, that is now a sovereign state since May 14th of 1948, America has been there for Israel, right from its very inception. And has made much of its foreign policy around peace in the Middle East. Because you guys, listen, if there's not peace with Israel, there will not be peace in the Middle East. And there is no peace in the Middle East. 
There is constant warfare, terrorist attacks, claiming victory and killing the you know innocent civilians. And so Israel, the, the, the Israeli people have respectfully looked to the United States for political, financial, and militarily um, guidance or assistance for decades. And the two countries, they have shared this uh, relationship in a way that has led the world, you guys, for peace treaties. It's a relationship that has been a blessing on both ends. And so in return, America has viewed Israel as the most important ally that they have in the Middle East, in that region. And, and, be, and as a result of that, we have seen a strong democratic model of freedom, of religion and perseverance uh, from the Israeli people. And so you would be hard pressed if you look around the world right now and you think of two democratic nations, who has a stronger relationship with each other than what Israel has with the United States and the United States has with Israel? You'll be hard pressed to find two other countries. You guys have demonstrated such a long-standing support uh, with these two nations. President Ronald Reagan proudly proclaimed, quote, in Israel, free men and women are every day demonstrating the power of courage and faith. Back in 1948, when Israel was founded, pundits claimed the new country could never survive. Today, no one questions that Israel is a land of stability and democracy in a region of tyranny and unrest. America has never flinched from its commitment to the state of Israel, a commitment which remains unshakable, end quote. Certainly during the times that Reagan was in office, we definitely saw support in other presidents as well. And whether they're Republican or Democrat, there has been an attempt to try to keep an alliance, right? To support Israel from attacks uh, because of our interests. And But what you found, you guys, is this growing disdain for Israel. It's not that we care about their safety. We care about our own interests in that region. And as a result of it, I do believe that God has been judging, as we will see in scripture in a minute, he's been judging a, a America as a result of that. So rather than defending God's sacred people, continue to keep that open relationship, we have chosen for the last several years now, we have chosen to discard our allegiance to, to God and as a result of it to Israel, or as we've abandoned our responsibility to care for our allies in that region, the Israeli people, God, as a result, has been judging us and there will come a swifter judgment in the future. Matter of fact, I want to refer to a book that a friend of mine, Dr. Ron Rhodes, had written a few years ago called Israel on High Alert. What can we expect next in the Middle East? And I hope to have him on the show. He, he underwent some surgery, so he's going to be out for a few months. So hopefully we can have him um, down, you know, down the road sometime. But I draw your attention to something that Dr. Rhodes had written about when I was talking about here, nations ganging up on Israel. And when you look back, you guys, at the United Nations, he's quoting an expert named David Reagan, who's very familiar with the Middle East-Israeli conflict. And David Reagan here says, just consider a partial listing of condemnations issued by the United Nations Human Rights Council since it was established in 2006. So we know the United Nations came out of World War II, and it was an attempt for nations to, to band together. Since then, we've had NATO. In the European Union. 
Well, in 2006, they developed what was known as Human Rights Council. Now, check this out. ISRA has been condemned 62 times. Now, this was a few years ago. I checked again, and it's grown since. Syria, 17 times. Guess what? North Korea, based on the United Nations Human Council, eight times. Iran, only five times. Reagan continues to write, of the 193 members of the United Nations, only 11 nations have been condemned, representing only 6% out of 193 members of the United Nations. Of the 116 resolutions of condemnation, 53% have been aimed at Israel. Isn't that amazing to think that that's how many times the United Nations the, 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 the world organization that exists to bring peace has been condemning more often the Israeli people than organized terrorist outlets and cell groups like Hezbollah that has been promoted by Iran, Syria, who tortures their own people like North Korea as well. They've been condemned less. They've been, those countries have been condemned less than Israel combined that goes to show you guys a utter disdain and hatred for god's chosen people remember joel 3 2 god told his people then and it's so true today because i believe this is prophetic that this will be fulfilled at the second coming of jesus he says i will gather the armies of the world into the valley of jehoshaphat there i will judge them for harming my people my special possession for scattering my people among the nations and for dividing up my land. That's a promise that God had his prophet Joel proclaim to his people. And that will be fulfilled someday. And sadly, you and I are seeing a disdain, a rejection of God's people. You guys realize throughout a European study that was conducted a few years, years ago, it found that two-thirds of respondents said that anti-Semitism was a serious problem in their country. In April of 2015, the U.S. News and World Report says, quote, 70 years after the Holocaust, anti-Semitism is again growing more virulent in Europe. From Toulouse to Paris, London to Berlin, Brussels to Copenhagen, Jews are being harassed, assaulted, and even killed. Now, as we've been seeing these terrorist attacks that have been taking place in Europe, one of the things that we are seeing that's also spiking in Europe is anti-Semitism. But you're not going to hear that from most news outlets, my friends. Why? Because this is a satanic movement that is attempting to try to thwart God's holy decrees in using Israel to do what God has called them to do. So when you when you look at the first question, as I lay the groundwork here for this discussion, why is Israel so important? Bottom line, because God made it so. I mean, it's quite amazing how God chose to use a small region of the world with little to no prestige, and he's using them to champion his cause. When you look at a passage in Deuteronomy chapter 7, let me read for you guys verses 7 through 9. It says here that the Lord did not set his affection on you and choose you because you were more numerous than other peoples, for you were the fewest of all peoples. 
but it was because the Lord loved you and kept the oath he swore to your forefathers that he brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the land of slavery, from the power of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know therefore that the Lord, your God is God. He is a faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. So here we see in scripture that God chose Israel to be a model. He, he uses Israel since the calling of Abram out of the land of the, of the Chaldeans to proclaim his love and faithfulness to heathen nations around them. You see that going back to Exodus chapter 19, when God led them out of bondage after 430 years in Egypt. You see again, mentioned that in Deuteronomy 4, 6 or 8. So God chose, you guys, God chose Israel. This is why they're so important because he chosen to be a model to spread his glory to the rest of the nations. In Isaiah chapter 60, verses one through three, the prophet there said this, arise, shine, your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth and thick darkness, the peoples, but the Lord will arise upon you. And his glory will be seen upon you and the nation shall come to your light and the kings to the brightness of their rising. You see, Satan knows this. He knows what the scripture says about Israel. He knows their significance. He knows the value they bring in proclaiming the glory of God. But you and I know as Christians, sadly, unfortunately, as the nation has been growing since 1948 that we've never seen before in the last 2,000 years. Israel's been gathering in unbelief. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. Now, that doesn't mean that there, are, there aren't some Jews who are coming to Jesus. I know plenty of people that I've been blessed to serve with in the ministry who are Messianic Jews, we refer to them as. They were Orthodox Jews. They were raised that way. Many of my friends actually grew up in Israel and parts of the Middle East, and by God's grace, they heard the gospel and they, they searched the scriptures and they saw the fulfillment in Jesus and they repented of their sins and they came to know him as their Lord and Savior, Yeshua. And it's a beautiful thing. And so that doesn't mean that God isn't reaching the Jewish people today. He certainly is. But meanwhile, as we, the church, have been grafted in, according to Romans 11, I'll get to that towards the end of the podcast, God has not neglected Israel. God has not abandoned Israel. The church today does not replace Israel. There is unfinished business that God has with Israel. So when you go long, long time ago, when God elected Abraham, he gave him three everlasting promises. And these have all yet to be completely fulfilled, my friends. I had an old professor, it was so funny because he said, you've heard of LSD. He says, let me give you here, when it comes to the people of Israel, LSB. What, what does that stand for? Well, L is for land. 
S is for seed and B is for blessing. When you go back in Genesis chapter 12 and you see this Abrahamic covenant we refer to, it's also reflected in Genesis chapter 15 and also chapter 17. There we see God speak to Abram. He says, go from your country to a land that I will show you and I will make you, right? I'll make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So notice going back to what we referred to in Deuteronomy 7 and Isaiah 60, God told Abram, who now, you know, later becomes Abraham, he told him from the very beginning that I will bless you and make your name great. Notice, so that you will be a blessing. Why is Israel so important? Because God called them to be great. Not like there's some special people and everybody else is losers, okay? That's not what it's saying here. What he's saying is you will, you will be blessed by me and notice you're not to keep those blessings to yourself. You should be a blessing to the rest of the world. And so when you look at America, there's a sense of cockiness like, yeah, Israel needs us. You know, we're the, we're the most powerful nation in the world. We're a superpower. Okay, we are a superpower, but let's not get cocky to the point thinking that Israel is just blessed to have us as their buddy. No, we are blessed. We are blessed more so to seeing the importance and significance of the people of Israel than we are within our own nation, within our own, our own borders, because the scripture says, I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So the extent of this blessing in Genesis 12 is not only applied personally to Abraham. You don't see that in the text. You see a continuation of it that it starts with Abram, who leaves a land of polytheism, embraces theism, walks in this covenant that eventually leads to a deliverer who's a foreshadow of Jesus known as Moses. You see that reflective in, in Exodus chapter 17, 20 and Exodus 30 and in Deuteronomy 18 of the prophet that Moses was will be reflective of the coming Messiah. So it's not just a personal blessing, but it also extends nationally to Israel all these years later and also to the whole world. So God says that he'll bless those who bless Israel and he will curse the nations who reject Israel. So I believe you guys, what we are seeing, and this is why it's so important. If you mess with Israel, you're messing with God and there's going to be consequences. It may not be swift destruction right now, but it will eventually come. Again, Joel chapter three, verse two, because they have scattered them among the nations as referring to Israel, I will divide up their land. So that is a coming prophecy that I believe will be fulfilled at the second coming of Jesus. So if you scatter the Jews, if you've been a part of scattering the Jews around the world and persecuting them, think of the diaspora that has taken place for hundreds of years. There's so very few Jews, my friends, and to think about how they were scattered in Poland, but how God used the Jewish people to bless Poland, Spain. I mean, the, the list can go on and on and on. So from Abraham's descendants would come the Messiah. That's another significant aspect of Israel, that Jesus Christ, a Jew, Matthew 1, 1, Romans 9, 5, who would come, the Lamb of God, right? John chapter 1, verse 29, the Lamb of God who would take away the sins of the world. Gabriel told his parents, 
told Mary specifically, you will name him Jesus for he will take away the sins of the world, Matthew 1, 21. 1 John 3, 5, the apostle Paul, or excuse me, the apostle John said that he would be the savior, the coming Messiah. Psalm 132, 11 through 12, the Lord swore to David a sure oath from which he will not turn back. One of the sons of your body, I will set on your throne. If your sons keep my covenant in my testimonies that I shall teach them, their sons also forever shall sit on your throne, end quote. So an important aspect, and I hate to even use that term aspect, uh, even, even deriving the term quality in reference to the, the, the significance of Israel is the, is the Messiah. Jesus, a Jew, came out of the tribe of Judah. That's a fulfillment according to Genesis chapter, or excuse me, yeah, Genesis chapter 40, actually, the tribe of Judah. So that's so important, you guys, for us to understand. We see in Romans 3, 2, that the oracles of God come from Israel and they're to be given to the rest of the world. So we have uh, the oracles of God from the Abraham's descendants through the covenant of Abraham that's fulfilled uh, throughout the, the Abrahamic covenant, the Mosaic covenant, the Davidic covenant, and now the covenant that you and I have in Christ as our, sa- as our savior. But you have the written word. It started with the Jewish scriptures, started with Moses writing down the Torah. And so from that, Christ comes teaching, fulfilling the scriptures. And we are now in the second covenant awaiting the return of our savior, the Messiah. And so that's why you guys, Israel is so important. Now there's so much more we can be saying about that, but that's it in a nutshell. And finally, I'd say Israel is important because it plays a significant role in the tribulation period. And so we got to keep our eyes fixated on Israel and what is unfolding because it will speak volumes of what will happen in the future. The last question now that we got to answer is then why should we care? Now, a lot of the answers are embedded in what I was just saying in showing you guys the importance of Israel. But let me just say this in closing. You have over 7 million Jews that are in Israel right now. Why is that so significant? Because you've never seen that amount of Jews in their holy land before. This is prophetic. The Jews returning to their homeland was prophesied by several prophets thousands of years ago. That's why Christians should care because we're seeing fulfillment of prophecy that has already taken place place even before my generation. Ezekiel 20, 33 through 38, Isaiah 11, 11 through 12 speaks to the returning of God's chosen people to their land. So that's why the nation of Israel is so important because God has divinely elected this group to represent them. And there's something significant when they're going back to their land, because you go back to Abraham, I will bless you by giving you a land. And if you look at Genesis 17, Israel's never inhabited. They've never possessed all of the region that God prophet that God spoke that will come to pass one day. I believe that will be fulfilled in the millennial kingdom at one point in time. So as we're seeing this regathering of Israel and unbelief, going back to Ezekiel 36, I'll read it in a minute. This is so amazing, you guys, because in, Gen- in, in Exodus chapter 37, it's referred to as the Valley of the Dry Bones. So in 1948, May 14th to be specific, you have Israel, after all of the persecution that they faced, going through two world wars, they still have survived. 
And not only that, but their social structures have been intact. And what's so amazing is even in 8070, when their temple was destroyed and they could no longer provide sacrifice, particularly on the Day of Atonement, they have still maintained, not to the fullest of degree, right? Because they're, they're without a temple. They still have maintained their faith. They still have not abandoned their God. So when you look at Ezekiel 36, you see this brightened truth, which is so restorative and so amazing, where it says here, I will multiply the number of people upon you, even the whole house of Israel. The towns will be inhabited and the ruins rebuilt. For I will take you out of the nations. I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your land. If you've never studied the diaspora, if you've never seen how extensive this has been for thousands of years with the people of Israel and for them to regather when they had arch enemies still who were vehemently opposed to, to them entering into the Holy Land and gradually have expanded since then. And there's been many attempts, even with the, the Palestinian Liberation Organization and Hezbollah and Hamas and Iran and Syria and Russia. And the, I even just told you about the United Nations, how they've opposed one uh, a policy sanction uh, after the other to try to restrict Israel from gaining more influence. And yet, guess what? They still exist today. They have been regathered. Dr. John Wolver, one of the greatest minds when it comes to eschatology, said, quote, in the centuries since Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the preservation of the nation Israel has been a miracle. She has retained her identity for almost 4,000 years in spite of centuries of living among the nations of the world. By looking back through history, we can identify the complete and literal fulfillment of these prophecies and know with certainty that those remaining unfulfilled will come to pass in the same way, completely and literally, in quote. Well said. I mean, that is the truth of the matter, you guys, as to why Christians should care. Let me show you guys this video to kind of explain a little bit more about this particular region and its significance. Well, the land in the late 1800s was barren, full of rocks. We couldn't, couldn't produce anything here. Mark Twain came here in 1850. He talks about all these places that he tried to pay respects to. He was sad, saddened by the fact that it was a desolation. Nothing grew here. The land would lay desolate, and your foes who dwell upon it will be desolate. Now, to understand the impossibility of that promise, you have to understand the geographic map of biblical Israel. All the ancient pathways crossed through Israel. Every empire throughout the last 2,000 years tried to settle the land of Israel. Babylonia, the Persians, the Medes, the Greeks, the Romans, the Ottomans, the British, all of these empires with all of their wealth and all of their resources tried, and all of them failed. So you think land is land. Either it will be fertile or desolate. Either it will bear fruit or not. But the land of Israel plays by an entirely different set of rules. I wish I could continue to show you some more of that video, but you get the understanding of why Israel is so important in that region. Notice you've had nation after nation, king after king, empire after empire. Not only do they have to go through that part of Israel, right, to advance their empire, to get the goods, 
but they try to control that region because of its rich resources that it has. And, and, and the amazing thing is when God's people have not been in that land, it's been desolate. But as you look at the land right now, it is flourishing. So don't mistake and just because missiles drop into the city and there are terrorist attacks does not mean that Israel is not prospering agriculturally, economically, uh, financially, they are prospering. Now, spiritually, that's a different, the, the different point where we have to be praying for the revitalization, yes, of Israel, but spiritually more importantly. And that leads me to Romans 11, 25 through 20, 28. Why should Christians care? Because Paul, the apostle tells us that right now, as we're, as we're looking at them gathering in unbelief, they don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So agriculturally, financially, they're blessed. And that's one reason why I do, guys, I say this in my last podcast, I do believe that, that Russia has always eyed Israel and they, don't, they could care less about their existence. And so they're going to they're gonna support Syria, different attacks that other Islamic nations are going to have against the Jews. And they'll be all for that as long as they get a piece of the pie. And right now, as we're seeing this invasion on an innocent sovereign state, the nation of Ukraine, we're seeing uh, Russia fall apart on all levels. And I don't know how this is going to end. We pray that it ends soon. But you can see how decimated Russia is. And so this is going to cause them to be more desperate as people pull away from doing business with them, that they're going to invade another country. And I believe that one of them is going to be Israel, and they're going to be sorely mistaken. But at the end of the day, you guys, as Christians, as I wrap this show up, look at Romans 11, 25 through 28. This is why we should care about Israel. In the Bible says, least you be wise in your own sight. I do not want you to be unaware of the mystery. That means God's future fulfillment plan for Israel. Brothers, a partial hardening has come. So there's been a partial hardening uh, within a limited duration that has come upon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. I believe that is the period of time right now in the church age that God has been blessing. The Holy Spirit has been moving forth in the world. And so it says that, that during this time, the Gentiles has come in, in this way, verse 26, all Israel will be saved. As it is written, the deliverer will come from Zion. He will banish ungodliness from Jacob. And this will be my covenant with them when I take away their sins. Verse 28, as regards the gospel, they are enemies for your sake. But as regards election, they are beloved for the sake of their forefathers. So as we're seeing God's mercy that has been um, upon the Gentiles, and we look at uh, how we were formerly disobedient. And now God, by God's grace, we see a restoration and the expansion of the church. This will finally be bestowed back on Israel, who has been in disobedience, but will be one day in obedience. Just look at Revelation 11 and this regathering. You will see in the tribulation period, you will see the 12 tribes of Israel regathered like we've never seen before. So God has not abandoned Israel. God is dealing with them and will once more deal with the nation of Israel in the near future. And as Christians, we are called, as we see in Romans 11, as we are being blessed as Christians, we need to be bestowing that blessing to God's chosen people. 
And we need to be praying for the peace and safety of Israel, according to Psalm 122, six through seven. So I pray that that's helped you guys care a little bit more, if you will, for the people of Israel, not to neglect or to be ignorant, but to find ways how you can come alongside the people of Israel, share the gospel, pray for them, give some goods, provide a service, whatever, but also pray for the safety of Israel as you look at that region right now and you see the tension and the conflict that they're undergoing on a constant basis. And if we turn our backs on Israel, we are told by God that he will turn his back on that nation. So we have to be praying, you guys, that God's will will be fulfilled through his chosen people. So my friends, I want to thank you guys for listening to this episode and just your support. If you have any questions, you can shoot me an email at info at Make sure that you guys download the edify.app. It's a great app. I use it. You guys get plenty of uh, other podcasts like this that are biblically sound. And it's just, it's available by just clicking a simple button if you go to edify.app. Also, I'd love for you guys to check out standstrongministries.org. There you will have access to many of my articles, videos, and books that I've written. And they're all designed to help you stand strong in your faith. Till next time, keep having those challenging conversations. Thank you.